Our great-grandparents were preppers before prepping was cool. They called it life. They lived their life to be self-sufficient, to be able to feed their families through the winter. And today we're going to talk about some of the things and ways that they did things that maybe we've lost a little bit of today. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is December the 15th, 2023, and this is episode number 442. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared, and we're here to help you get prepared as well. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And today we're going to be talking about some of the ways our forefathers or great-grandparents understood preparedness. They called it everyday life. Now, if you would like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 442. Now, we also want to give you a little bit of information about our brand new book that has just dropped. It's called The 31-Day Devotional Book for Preppers. It's 31-Day. We do appreciate those of you that are ordering that book, and we encourage the rest of you to order it. It's the 31-Day Devotional for Preppers. Yes, and it's actually written with two purposes, mainly to help you have a closer walk with the Lord, but to also perhaps reach out to some of the scoffers who don't believe in prepping and they don't have a high opinion of those that do, to actually show you that the scripture is very explicit about preparedness. And in other ways, it actually infers a preparedness lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And we totally support that and want to encourage you as readers and devotional readers that you can actually have some spiritual guideline to your lifestyle of preparedness. And we hope that it'll be a blessing to you. So pick some up for yourself, give some out as gifts. It'd be a great thing to have. And the second thing you were talking about there, someone that believes in the Bible, believes what the Bible says, but they don't prep, they don't have any interest in prepping, it will show them clearly that the Bible teaches prepping. Absolutely. Let's get into today's topic. I like what we said there. Our great-grandparents were prepping before prepping was cool. Yeah, right, right. But they called it life. Yeah. They did. Now, we have a lot of different purposes today, and some of those purposes that people prepare today is SHTF, Tiatwaki, an EMP, economic issues, inflation, job loss, famines, supply chain issues. But our forefathers had a different reason. Or set of reasons. Or set of reasons. And that was to live. Yeah. They were just trying to be able to stay fed and housed and clothed and cared for. Mm -hmm. And they knew that they had to do whatever it took to make sure those things could take place. We come in today from the grocery store, which is where meat comes from, right? (laughs) That's where some people think it does. And so we go to the grocery store, or actually you can sit down and you can order it from the grocery store and it will show up at our door. Yeah, right. Back then, they had to raise it, they had to kill it, they had to prepare it. In other words, they were their own butcher. The butcher harvest their Mm -hmm. own gardens. They had to plant those gardens, plow those gardens. Exactly. But once they kill that pig Mm -hmm. and they 
butchered that pig, then they had to learn how or know how to preserve that meat. Exactly. Now, there were a number of ways, and you you and I were discussing this, and you were telling me some of the much older ways. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm familiar with putting it in the smokehouse. Right. I grew up on the old home place where my father grew up, and there was actually a smokehouse there when I was a kid. Okay. They would smoke their meat. They would dry their meat. Mm-hmm. Some do salt curing, salt sugar curing, curing. And I've run out of things I know right <laughs> off the top of my head. Right. But what were some of the other things that you were talking about? Well, you know, you're talking about drying. A lot of times, too, the, the Native Americans taught some of the pioneers and the pilgrims how to do jerky. You know, mm-hmm. they would make, they would dry meat and make jerky. And of course, it could last that way for years and years. And there's just, there's actually many ancient ways that, that ancient man could keep food cool. They would actually dig very deep pits and line them with stone and a small amount of water and cover with you know, leaves, and it would actually keep food cool. Mm-hmm. They would put food, meats, vegetables, what have you, in pottery, and then they would suspend that in like a rushing creek or a river to keep it cool. So they came up with ways that would preserve the food and keep it from decaying and also chill the food, maybe even freeze it. Uh, there are actually some early examples of where ice blocks were carved out and they were stacked and stored in ice houses. And that became an area where food could be preserved. So dating back to not only just our great grandparents, you know, we use that as a kind of a time reference point, but also just to harken back to the different ways that mankind has devised to keep their food fresh and unspoiled and not just to eat for today or tomorrow. There was no shopping at the grocery store every day for our great grandparents. Oh, no. You contrast that with when you bring meat from the grocery store. It either stays on the counter to cook tonight, goes in the refrigerator to cook tomorrow, or it goes in the freezer to cook later. Right, some kind of way. And so we have amenities that they didn't have. Exactly. And they learned them from their parents Uh and grandparents because they didn't invent these things. No, they had to. They just used them. Pass down. And then you move from the meat to the vegetables. And part of the reason that they had such a large garden and they had to be very good at food preservation, is when the garden quit producing this year, they had to have enough to live until it started producing next year. Yeah, So they had to be able to preserve vegetables. And there's a number of ways that's done. You talked about the onions the other night. Now, they didn't have nylon hose, but they found ways to hang those up so they would get plenty of air around them. Well, here's a fun fact. Canned food actually dates back to the reign of Napoleon. Wow. Because Napoleon, who was always at war somewhere, he was always trying to conquer something. He knew that he's the one that said that an army marches on its stomach. And what Mm -hmm. he means is you have to have a nourished army in order to be successful and victorious. And so one of his scientists came up with a method of simple canning of food that preserved it in such a way that they could carry it with them on the many hundreds of miles that they would be marching and that it would stay good, you know, for a certain length of time. So even metal cans date back to the 1700s. Metal before, cans. Yeah, metal canned food dates back to the time of Napoleon. And, of course, there was pottery, you know, mm-hmm. before that. And ever since then, you know, in the 19th century, they developed glass jars in order to preserve food. And they developed a whole method of canning and preserving food, just like we're saying our great-grandparents, they would flip 
over having jars and they would care for them because they'd have to reuse them mm-hmm. from time to time as well. And you didn't dare throw one of those rings in the trash can. Ooh, My grandmother would get you on that. You better know it. You wouldn't use her sewing scissors either. No, no, you didn't use those (laughs) sewing scissors. No, sir. I do remember she and my aunt would can for a whole day. Oh, yes. They would just can the fresh vegetables. It made sense to just devote that time to doing several quarts Mm -hmm. at a time because that represents many meals. I'm talking 20 quarts or 30 quarts that they would do because we had a a very well cultivated garden and oh, it sure. produced yeah. very well. Oh yeah. But I also remember my grandmother drying some vegetables mm-hmm. and fruits. Mm-hmm. And she would lay them on the top of the garage. The and she was a tall lady and this thing was about six and a half feet off the ground. And she could reach up there and put her racks of like apples and she covered them with cheesecloth. Okay. And she just left them out there for the day to let them dry. How about that? She never had a dehydrator, but she could dry things in the oven or she could dry them on top of the garage. How about that? And that's probably what a great grandparent would have done. Oh, sure. They didn't. They may not have been able to devote their oven to just that. But there's just ways that were passed down from generation to generation of how to not only harvest and prepare food, but keep food for storage to get you through those long, cold winters mm-hmm. when there wasn't anything growing. It's like we were talking about today. You invested in this technology or you didn't eat. I mean, that's the simple truth mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, it, it, it was necessary. Yeah. If you don't work, your family doesn't eat. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we talked on the last episode about why some people today are so hard to convince and they just really don't understand. Well, we've, we live in a society, particularly here in America, and I want to say that I realize that there are several of you out there that are listening from other countries mm-hmm. that are not American, and you're probably even snickering at us a little bit, thinking, hey, this is the way we live. We do homestead. We do live off the grid. We've done nothing but harvest and can and butcher. And all. We're doing all of that today. And to that, I say, my hat's off to you. And Big we salute. Have, we have homesteaders that are listeners. And they do these things. Yeah. But but the majority don't. The majority don't. And we, a lot of folks yeah. today don't see that need because of the normalcy bias. You know, when you've been pampered mm-hmm. a lot, and when I say pampered, I mean the convenience of appliances, having a freezer, a refri- having fresh water at the ready, having a grocery store minutes from your home or having them delivered. When you live with pampered convenience... You become very dependent on that pampered convenience. And I'm sad to say there are some folks that might even be listening right now that have never even tried to be a prepper. They literally are relying on the local grocery store to be there when they need them. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm not a fear monger. I'm not. But I will tell you, there are times when a grocery store's doors will be locked. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about at night when they're closed. I'm well, talking about they may go out of business. They can go out of business. And what are you going to do? You've got so many stores that are closing down today. They are. Because of the shoplifting, because of the crime rates, yes, because of true. things that are going on, and it's no longer safe to be out in that neighborhood. And there's also a thing called food deserts. Mm-hmm. There are people that live in urban settings, or they even live in suburban settings where there's not a grocery store for 25 miles. And for some people, that's a bit of a haul to try to get to a grocery store. And and I'm not talking about folks that live in the rural area that are growing food. I'm talking about people that live in an urban setting and there is not a classic grocery store convenient for Mm -hmm. them. 
the only place they can go is a gas station. And there may be an apple or a banana once in a while, but that's not a grocery store. Yeah, I have a friend that it takes him 30 minutes each way to buy a gallon of milk. That is crazy. But now he chooses to live there. I mean, that's yeah, okay. If that's he, He's not a homesteader. He's somewhat, but he lives in a region that doesn't lend itself to raising crops very long. I'll bet you he's a prepper. Uh, to a big degree, he's <laughs> a prepper. You. Yeah. And he would be a good guy to be locked down with. Yeah. So he's what, got some skills. Back to your point, some people that are hard to convince about the prepper lifestyle, they don't see the need because they have been completely reliant on somebody else being there to meet their need. They honestly don't know what it would be like to not have that other individual or business there to meet their needs. So they literally just ignore that anything bad could ever happen to that setup. Well, I'm here to tell you, it wouldn't take but one tornado to wipe out your community. Now, here's another thing, too, is what's called normalcy bias. Explain what that means. Normalcy bias kind of takes the idea that nothing's happened because nothing ever has happened. Oh, I've actually had people say that. and It's you never know, happened before. Right. And, well, there's always a first time <laughs> exactly. for everything. right? But the normalcy bias is what we're talking about, being dependent and believing that grocery store will always be there. And it'll always be highly stocked and the prices will be reasonable and on and on and on. Exactly. And normalcy bias is something that can get us in trouble when we're out shopping. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really ever happened to us. And most people are normal and good. And then you run into that one that's not. Yeah. And so that's normalcy bias. We're just trying to keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and keep you mentally prepared that stuff does happen. Mm -hmm. And that's why we say it on every episode. It doesn't take, but it, don't, it only took one hurricane in Concord, North Carolina, to convince me that Concord, North Carolina could get a hurricane. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about inland 300 miles. And it had never happened. I, in recorded time. I was one that said that's no way no way that could happen. Why? Because it's never happened mm -hmm. before. I don't say those kinds of things anymore. I'm a prepper. I was in a hurricane two hundred miles off the Gulf Coast one time. <laughs> it was crazy. And so we had we didn't have any damage. We had flooding in the area and the city was flooded. We lived on a little bit of a hill, not a big one. We were in pretty good shape there, but that normalcy bias is believing that everything's going to stay normal. Well, I can promise you that our great-grandparents and their parents and grandparents before them never had normalcy bias. It wouldn't have even been a mindset for them. And, and let me tell you something else that our grandparents and great-grandparents and on back behind that, you couldn't jump in the vehicle and run to town to get something. Heck no. And you... You jumped on a horse. Well, you could, <laughs> but, you know, a 30-mile ride was a pretty good ride That's on right. a horse. That's right. But even if it's 10 miles, it's going to take a while to go both ways. Uh -huh. Where I'm coming from is if our grandparents and great-grandparents, if the plow broke, they had to have the things there to fix the plow. Exactly. If the harness on the horse broke, the, they had the shoe to have, came off the horse. Yeah. They had to be able to put them back on. Uh -huh. And so that's the things that we've lost to some degree is to have the things that we need. Now, we really don't need personally horseshoe nails. No, we don't. We, need we, them. we don't no. need them. All of our horseshoes are called Firestone or Bridgestone or Goodyear, something like that. <laughs> that that's our horseshoes. That's today. very creative. But now what we do have is we have in the garage 
a small plumbing department, a small electrical department. A fuel like department. We have fuel, paint, and mm-hmm. you know, tools and things like that. So if we break, and I've used this illustration before because my daughter woke me up one morning about four o'clock and said, I think I hear water running in the bathroom. Oh, dear. And it was. A supply line had broken. Oh. And so here I do have a supply line to fit each toilet. I have PVC fittings to to work on, and we've had leaks under the kitchen sink. We've had a, a, a joint come loose mm-hmm. and pouring water out. And so I have the things in the garage that I can fix that if I have to, 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday night when the big box stores are closed. Yeah, and there won't be a plumber that is affordable at that Not hour. Not affordable. <laughs> and, and let me say to you plumbers, Thank you. Yes. You're worth it. You are. You are. <laughs> and we've had some things that were quite over my head that we don't, we have our plumbing company preference now. Yes, and, and we they're do. On, they're in our phones. <laughs> and I uh, came home from work one day and they were parked in front of the house. And I asked Krista what happened. She told me. Mm, good call. For that. Yeah, good, good, good call. call. That's where we are relying on somebody else's expertise. But again, for the smaller things of the glamorous world of home ownership, like what Mark is saying, many times you can be your own mechanic. You can mm-hmm. be your own. I wouldn't say electrician. I don't think I want to send you there because that's pretty dangerous stuff. Well, can be. But, but you can change your own light bulb, okay? Okay, I can change my own <laughs> light bulb, but I've also wired things in. Well, you can. That, you have that knowledge. My dad taught me, and he was not a certified electrician. Now, mm-hmm. there's a point where I'll say I'm not putting my hands in that. That's right. And we'll call an electrician. Yeah. We've got a job that we're talking about that is going to require calling an electrician. I know in theory what needs to be done. <laughs> But theory doesn't keep you from getting shocked. Well, what I'm talking about is wiring in a generator for whole house. Oh, sure. And the transfer switch and all of that. Oh, I gotcha. And so that's really over my comfort level. Yeah, that's somebody else's job. But if yeah. it comes to changing out receptacles, switches, things like that, I mean, we went to see my sister for the weekend last year. And I changed all the receptacles out in her living room. Well, she actually had a do list for well, you. Well, she every time I show up, <laughs> she has a do list, but that was not on her do list. Okay, that's right. But I kept plugging something in, and it kept falling out. Yeah. Okay, it's time to yeah. replace that. And for two eighty nine back then, three eighty nine now, I could buy a receptacle. I don't know, maybe five eighty nine by now. But anyway, they were so worn, and when I got in there. It was knob and tube wiring oh, to those. So, wow. Okay, we've got to back up and do a little bit more here. Yeah. But it's good to have that. And I was raised with that don't call a professional until you're really sure it's broke. Well, your dad and my dad both were fix it kind of guys. They, they were definitely. So they taught us it. to be fix it people. Now, we may have leftover parts. Well, sometimes we would have leftover parts, that's... but it worked. <laughs> anyway, I guess our point here is. At some point, you do have to know some things and you do need to prepare because, as we say, that something may happen in your life and you're just going to need to rely on your preps. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be so thankful that you had that mindset that said, you know, pick up an extra can of this, pick up an extra package of that. Learn a little bit more on that skill. Learn a little bit more on that technique that's going to help you save some money and some time and help you be more reliant on yourself. That is a great 
feeling to know that you can rely on yourself and that even others can rely on you. Because I think that's really what helps when you're trying to make this world a better place. I think what that really means is doing for others. It, it does. Prepping lifestyle can help you do that. You know, it, it dawns on me. We've got a lot of folks coming into prepping now. And yes, we do. There's a lot of concerns about what's going to happen in the next year. Mm-hmm. Economists are mixed on whether we're going to have a recession or not. Uh, there's just a lot of things that are going into that. And so a lot of people are coming into prepping. And I'm reading in some groups a lot about how do I get started? What do I need to get started? Yeah. So it dawns on me that we need to go back to the beginning. We need to take one episode per week, and we need to go from zero to being prepared for six months. Yeah, and we've got a bank of we, we do. Of episodes, too. And we've even got a PDF that you can download for free. Yes, the free PDF, Getting Started. Go to the website practicalprepping.info and click on free PDF. And that will also get you on the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the newsletter, you can unsubscribe at any point. Yeah, but everybody likes it. Everybody, <laughs> there's a couple every month that unsubscribe because right. it wasn't what they were thinking it would be. Or it's just they're getting too much email. Yeah, and I understand, I understand that. I, understand. I go through and do that myself quite often. That's something I think we can do is go back and do one episode per week on the very basics because it's been a long, long time since we've done that. And we've got a lot of new listeners coming in and we appreciate you folks being here. We really, really do. We love you guys. We love being here with you. And we thank you for sharing a lot of your thoughts and ideas. You're creative. You are so helpful. We're getting some Great messages and emails from Mm -hmm. a lot of listeners from all over. And let me tell you, it means a lot to us to know that you care about this program and this podcast. And I mean, Mark and I, we're just humble, ordinary people. We're not celebrities. We're not well known. But we do understand how important it is to be a prepared person and how freeing and peaceful of a lifestyle it can give you. See, we don't sit around and worry. We mentioned some things that may cause a bit of concern, but we're not going to be the podcast that scares the living daylights out of you because there's podcasts that'll do that. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand that energy. I'm not about that. Well, they sell fear. Yeah. And it draws an audience. Well, sadly, because but, it, but I don't think it's very helpful. I, I don't think it's really helpful either. It's, I think it's it more draws, entertainment. It, it is, yeah. and it draws an audience. But we're just plain old we, sensible folks. We want folk. to go back to our practical prepping. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say go back to because we've never left that. That's true. That's been our purpose all along is to be practical. And as far as we know, we're the only podcast that I have been able to find anyway that teaches the basics of prepping and doesn't get into the conspiracy theory, doesn't bash the government all the time. Mm-hmm. I bash government, but I don't pick sides with it necessarily. Well, we, we know what our purpose is, mm-hmm. and we also know what our purpose isn't. And we just want to remain true to our focus, and that is to just simply help you live your life and to do it in the best possible way that's going to help you live happier, more at peace, more reliable in a mature way. Yeah, we have fun, we laugh, we joke, but we know that a lot of what we're talking about is a serious topic, and we know that it has worked for us, and we know that a lot of these things will work for you, but yes, let me encourage you, 
Thank you for sending us your thoughts and creative ideas, topics that you would like for us to research and explore. We would love to do more of that. Please let us know what is of interest to you and let us explore that. And, you know, while I'm thinking of it, uh, we do appreciate the support that you have given us in many, many ways by buying the books and by doing your shopping on the Amazon affiliate banner. We do receive a small commission when you start your Amazon shopping there. But good news is it doesn't cost you anything extra to go to our Amazon banner and do your shopping there. We really appreciate your attention in that way. And I know that that helps you and that helps us. And we're appreciative of it. And don't forget, we have two pages on the website that you might find of interest. We have one that's called Gifts and Gear. Very popular this time of year. Very popular. And it has a lot of prepping gifts on there. Many of them very affordable. And we have another page called Featured Items. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how to really bring both of those back together. I can't have featured gear and gifts, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's okay that you've got two pages. And it just takes hours and hours to bring that all together. So just remember those. And another way that you can support us is you can buy us a cup of coffee. Now, today's cup of coffee comes from Rich. Thank you, Rich. We do appreciate that. And I've been sipping on this cup of coffee the whole podcast, and it is really, really good. And You've been enjoying a rich cup of coffee? I've been enjoying a rich <laughs> cup of coffee. See what I did there? I see what you did there. Rich saw what I did there. Rich saw what you did there. <laughs> Everybody else roll their eyes. I heard the eye roll. I can yeah. hear it from here. Yeah. I put. Um, I was making the coffee one day, mm-hmm. and instead of water, I put Red Bull in it. So I made my coffee with Red Bull and it was so wired up, I could see noises. <laughs> you know what color the number nine is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Folks, we've appreciated it. We've enjoyed it. And we want to wish you a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that you celebrate this time of the year. And we are celebrating with you. And we do appreciate you being here. But remember this, as Krista always says, stuff happens. Please stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.